Spring is coming. Yes, Game of Thrones fans, I'm with you. I feel like winter's coming. But truth be told, next week is spring. And with spring comes being outside and having fresh new clothes and foods and smells and possibly brand new skincare or makeup. I would love to help you out with that. So if you're interested, search the hashtag Minute with Mary, or better yet, head on over to my brand new MinuteWithMary.com website. Hey, Dad. I don't know where you are, but I know that you're there. I don't know why I'm looking up, because I know you're not up. You're everywhere. I promised myself I would never talk to you like this. Never ask for something like this. But I need you to do something for me, and I swear... I swear that I will never ask for anything again. This is Jack. (laughs) This is your grandson. And I need him to be okay. And I don't know why, but I, I know. Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to This Is Us Too. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hey everybody, how's it going? My name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I friggin' hate hospital waiting rooms. I hate them. I hate them with a, a burning, fiery passion. I bet many people feel that way. I, I, I would agree. I, <laughs> I, would, I would agree. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing particularly too uh, exciting about it. But like, yeah, just everything about them, like especially the furniture. Like when, when Rebecca said like, that looks like bacteria. I was like, Yes, absolutely. Why can't they have like better furniture Seriously. In, wait, in those waiting rooms? Like you are here for people during their time of need. And right. this is what you put them in? It's like oh. those cheap, like, eight. it's like that furniture you find in college room dorms. Yeah, oh, yeah. It you completely reminds about? me of college dorm um, or, like, the college lounge. Yes. You know, where they're just like, there is so much mono and God knows what other kind of disgusting <laughs> things in here. We want to be able to sanitize. So I get it. I get it. I mean, both places probably are full of gross germs, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, we wanted to remind you that uh, that you can subscribe to this podcast. Just go on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice and just hit that little button that says subscribe and you can get these episodes sent directly to you. You can find us actually on all of our social media handles, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever. You can just search Mary and Blake. And you can also go to maryandblake.com where you can get all of these particular episodes for This Is Us, but also every other podcast that we are going to do, including our newly announced Game of Thrones podcast, which will be called The North Remembers, hmm. which I'm very excited about. And you can even join our exclusive Facebook group called This Is Us 2. Very happy about T-O-O. that. T-O-O? Yes. And there you can uh, you can engage with uh, all the other This Is Us 2 fans and other mm-hmm. people that listen to Mary and Blake uh, and have some great conversations during pre and post uh, any episode uh, of, of This Is Us. So, my darling, today is your story. What do you got for me? So this episode, of course, had so much going on. And oddly enough, just pretty much in one room, which was really a unique thing. But it was really about the family dynamic and then the outsiders. And I myself am an outsider. Yes, you are. Goodness gracious. I don't am like admitting I it, by an, the way. You don't like admitting I hate, it? I hate admitting it, but you are an outsider. I'm a complete outsider in my family. Um, 
in my immediate family, I was an outsider for quite some time, but you know, I was, I was in it and, uh, I kind of loved how Randall and Kevin were able to bicker because that's how my husband, my, my brother and I have bickered. But when Miguel really talked about being an outsider and having to stand on the edge and having to speak up, I saw that and I said, this is me. (laughs) This is me on Easter. This is me on Thanksgiving. This is me on family trips. This is me trying to have an opinion or a voice and feeling like an absolute outsider. And, um, you know, I'm really connecting with Miguel, which is so funny because I'm so team Miguel (laughs) right now. Um, Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. But for any of you who feel like you're outsiders, just know that we now are our own tribe and we're the new big three. Let's get into the show. Tell me a little bit about the episode details. Well, this episode was entitled The Waiting Room, and I'm pretty sure we all figured out why, because it just essentially took place for 99% of it in The Waiting Room, which was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, The director was Kevin Hooks. Now, you probably don't know him, but this guy is actually a very talented and very wide-ranged director who has been directing since the mid 80s and one of his first projects was remember that show v the one with the aliens and the humans he directed the original show back in the early 80s really he even directed the original 21 jump street oh my gosh okay you know with johnny depp and the whole thing yeah yeah the original 21 jump street he's directed uh, episodes of uh, doogie hauser uh er He's even direct- loves the hospital stuff. Oh, okay. he's all about the hospital life. He's even directed my favorite show on this planet, Lost, including really? including one of my top three episodes of Lost, White Rabbit, which I it, it, I think it's episode number three of Lost, and it is fantastic. Wow! So uh, he's also uh, done. Uh, uh, he was like really big in like the mid two thousands. He did Lost, uh, Alias. 24, Prison Break, Bones, The Good Wife. And then he moved on to things like Castle and just lately, The Punisher. Mm. So, and The Punisher, by the way, is phenomenal. That's probably my second favorite Marvel television series that was on Netflix. It's it's incredible. Watch it. Uh, so this guy is really talented and he's, he's excellent. And it shows in this episode. And the writer was Becca Brunstetter, who has written Career Days, Three Sentences, A Manny Splendored Thing, and Sometimes. Okay. So what do you got for cool. your lemonade rating, my darling? My lemonade rating is a 4.8. Oh. I really enjoyed this episode. Wow. Yep. Um, you, you kept me in suspense. You didn't write it down on our document. I didn't. <laughs> I, I just really enjoyed it, which is odd because, I mean, this entire episode was icky. It just had all the ickiness. So uncomfortable. But that's what we were supposed to feel. We were supposed to feel like we were in this waiting room for a day and a half with the Pearson family, with all of this tension, with that vodka, with Rebecca about <laughs> to lose her mind, um, and with knowing, of course, that... Kate went into, you know what? I'm giving it a 4.9. Raising it. Raising it. Oh. You know? uh, Yep. Yep. Holy smokes. (laughs) That last scene with Kate and and baby Jack and Toby, you know? Bam. Just like that. A winner. Done did me in. Dare I give it the outstanding? Dare I give it the outstanding? It's a pretty outstanding episode. And I think what's difficult with this episode and why some people may not like it is because you didn't feel good. You didn't feel good at all watching it. But in my opinion, you felt real. You sat there and you said, ooh, I've known this feeling. And I feel like there were so many different situations and so many different um, dynamics going on in that one room or in that hospital that last night's episode... Um, allowed you to connect with somebody. In my opinion, I feel like everyone could have watched that episode and said, oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> yes. I know what that feels like. Whether it was Randall and Beth, whether it was being disappointed in someone from Zoe's perspective, whether it was trying to be protective, but yet you're on the outside of Miguel, whether it's a, uh, it's a, uh, goodness, um, the other outsider, 
Um, oh, Madison. Madison. Whether, you whether you're Madison. I mean, I was Madison oh, this episode. Madison is everything in my life right now. Like, I literally watched it and I was like, I'm Madison. That's pretty much me. <laughs> yeah, All right. So, <laughs> I am. I'd be like, I brought donuts. I brought donuts. This is so good. <laughs> All right. How about you? What was your lemonade rating? I'm giving this one a four and a half. Okay. Which um, is actually pretty high for you. It's pretty high. And, you know, I, I enjoyed this episode and I feel like I'm giving it... I, I, I could have gone higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have gone higher because I think this was very well written and very well directed. The problem, though, for me and why I'm giving it a four and a half is that it's a repeatability thing. Like, I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed as as I'm watching it, as it unfolded. But I don't think I'm ever going to return to it. I don't think I'm ever going to be like, I need to watch The Waiting Room. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because of that, like it's a pleasure to watch as it unfolds. And it's a pleasure to watch as as unfolded within this season in live time. But it's, I'm never going to treat it like Memphis. I'm never oh, going to yeah. treat it like uh, number one, number two, or number three. You're I'm never like, gonna, I can't wait to right. rewatch that. I'm never going to treat it like sometimes because it's 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 good for when it is as it as it happens. After the fact... After you have the reveal of the vodka and the water bottle and the the tension of the of the baby being born and not being born or 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 Toby coming out, it, it's all kind of it, it's all kind of just yeoman's work mm-hmm. after you have all that stuff. And I don't think I'm ever going to return to it, so I'm giving it a four and a half. Okay, I can appreciate what that. What are you giving it for your GBG? Okay, my GBG, my good, my bad, and my great. My good. <laughs> First, she wants to talk to Miguel. Me? Really? No. Not, not really. really. That was just a bad And at first, I was humor. like, oh my gosh, poor Miguel. Like, he's just had so much bad happen to them. But then you saw Miguel smile, and you know that he and Toby are both outsiders. Right. And I kind of loved that Toby, in this like moment of darkness and scared, was still able to have a glimmer of Toby because we lost, we lost that from then on. Yes. We lost Toby's joy. So I loved this one moment of like, I'm going to make a joke because I was like, oh, Toby, you can still do it. Then, of course, it went away. And I just loved that he and Miguel had this little moment. Um, my bad. So I love that Randall and Beth are making such a big deal. Who's going to watch the kids after school? Who's going to watch the kids on the weekend? Who's watching your flipping kids now? <laughs> Why don't you just use this person? Okay. Whoever's watching them now. Why don't you get the the rolled, the the gold uh, pretzel lady to watch your kids, okay? Rolled gold, rolled gold pretzel lady, because grandma and grandpa they're not they're not home. Nope. So who's watching your kids and why are you make it such a big deal? And whoever that person is, you should trust enough to watch your kids after school because obviously you were able to call them last minute to help you out with three kids at different school. You know, right. or maybe are they all at the same school? Yeah, they're all at the same school, but with their all their different dance commitments, all that different stuff. So Randall and Beth, you already have a babysitter. Shut your mouth. And, and time out before you continue on this. Is something that is 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 irking me that this is us is doing. It's trying to have the real world circumstances oh, and no, consequences. We have, kids. We we have kids. They need to have. They need to be watched. We have to pay for them. We have to do X, Y, and Z. You're, I'm, I'm getting a fraction of my salary. You're getting fifteen bucks an hour. Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden. It says, ah, screw it. I don't care about any of that. Like, yeah. I'm having Beth and Randall go and go across the country for Kate's baby. Like, I wish that when Beth's phone first rang, she could say it's the neighbor saying that, you know, the kids are fine. Like, you know, that they're okay to watch them for another day. Like, I wish that the phone ringing wasn't the school, the dance school the entire time. I wish it was, who the heck is watching your kids at the last minute? Exactly. While you flew across the country. Right. Because you're 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 embattling yourselves yeah. over this argument, but when it comes down to the to to the, um, let's be real. Deja's old enough to watch the kids after school sure. and make a flipping peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If you're nervous about the kids being home from four to six, they're fine. They're fine. Right. Who's watching your kids while you are on a six hour flight across the country? Right. That's what I want. And that's know. what that's what's bothering me because <laughs> this is us is trying to have their cake and eat it yes! at the same time, and they're pulling it out when it's convenient for the plot. All they needed was the phone call. Yeah. All they needed was up. Oh, it's our neighbor, or it's like old little Miss next door neighbor who's watching the kids I don't care just give us a babysitter and I hate to like harp on it but it's just one of those things that it's like you it's the show itself is doing it Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not 
harping on it. Like the show was making an argument for for babysitting for on, babysitting yes. within the context of the show. Yes, yet it just dismisses it when the plot needs it to be dismissed. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, my great. You ready? I'm ready. Toothpaste. <laughs> My great was toothpaste because at first it was comical. At first it was really good comical. And then the more I sat down with it and I'm like, Madison, why would she say toothpaste? Like she's not that dumb. Yes, she came off pretty dumb in this episode, but then she had a lot of depth to her. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it. Madison has an eating disorder. And people who have eating disorders are very careful about what they eat. I used to watch, I don't know why, if anyone anyone else who grew up in the 80s and 90s, if they made you watch all those after school specials, I watched so many dang after school specials in health class, okay? And I remember vividly one of the episodes that I had to watch was about a girl that only ate celery because celery burns more calories while you eat it Mm -hmm. than actually the celery itself. Mm -hmm. And about this girl who like was very very careful about having gum or having toothpaste because there's calories in it and how people who have extreme eating disorders do see toothpaste as caloric as intake caloric intake and i thought oh my gosh like did they do this not just to be funny but did they do this in a wise way that someone who has an extreme eating disorder would see toothpaste as something Ooh. that you don't eat because it's almost like food because it's almost caloric well taken Marvin. and i well just thought taken. hopefully that I'm, I'm assuming the the writers did that because they're pretty deep people do you know I, I, we did it in jest before what? but this is an honest to god excellent job it not only did it make me laugh but i was like damn that was deep yep yep okay for me the good was not having any music whatsoever and rooting us in one story at one time being in the present allowing us to be in that room throughout the whole thing Mm -hmm. right and having and having that awkwardness and you said and i've said that it's kind of a slog to watch it is and you have said like i didn't feel comfortable and you're right that's by design, right? That mm-hmm. is absolutely by design. Uh, and it, which, again, is why it's the repeatability factor. Like, I don't want to watch this again. Yeah. Because it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as t- there was tension between the characters and the push and pull of it all mm-hmm. and the release and the and the contraction of it all, it still is very uncomfortable. Yes. So yes. I, I, as much as I don't like that, I, I like it the same amount, which mm-hmm. is, which is, which is, I think is spectacular. The bad for me is a tie. Uh, first, the vodka and the water bottle. I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of cheap. Okay. Elaborate. Uh, I feel like it's just another way to get Kevin in trouble with Zoe, and they needed a way to get them to, to like, be at odds with each other as mm. opposed to like they, they manufactured it right okay. they, they already have a baked in thing right they already have the baked in alcoholism with kevin he already lied to her that whole thing of like oh you you had this meeting and did you lie to me then and he's like yeah there's already a baked in conflict there you don't need to have vodka in the water bottle it's just there just for the sake of having a reveal and, and i don't like that really in my opinion okay in, in my opinion you you already have conflict there don't don't add to it when you don't need to i think that don't. this is pushing it that one more time like i think that yeah. it's just like he is this far off where he, he needs is to, this freaking far off. Where he needs to booze. What I did not like about it is mm-hmm. that, I'm sorry, but if someone has a shot of vodka and is sitting next to me, I can tell. Exactly. He's taking swigs, swigs all over the time. Right. And nobody, nobody smelled said vodka anything. in nobody the room. Nobody smelled it on his breath. These are hungry people. Like, yeah. you know when you're hungry, you can smell chocolate yeah. and strong smells from a mile away? Yeah. Here he is swinging this vodka and nobody's noticing? Nobody. I, like when he's talking to Randall and they're up close to each other. Yes. Like, how do you, how does Randall not, like, you you know when somebody's been drinking. Yes. You can smell it. Yes. Like, what are we talking about? I don't know. Maybe it, it, maybe his aspirin was Tic Tacs. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Okay. Um, the other one was cutting to the commercial right as Toby is about to say what happened to Kate and the baby. Oh, that was, that was that was cheap. That you know, was cheap. I envy people who get to watch This Is Us 
after it's aired on TV, like and not on the NBC app, yes. free from commercials. Mm-hmm. Because these commercials take us out of the momentum of the show in right. such a terrible way. And right. I agree when they like make this little cliffhanger, it's so NBC. It's so yeah, NBC. Like, it's... guys, I have news. Burm. Hey, buy some toothpaste. Like, you know, it's, it's, they just cut to a stupid commercial. <laughs> Tastes bad with ranch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, listen, I think there's, again, I used that term baked in before, but I think there's some value to having breaks baked in to the DNA of the show. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's value there. Mm-hmm. But when you do that to the point of just manipulating the audience for the sake of manipulating the audience, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, that, And that's the beautiful part and the benefit of watching a show on Netflix or HBO or Stars or whatever. Because Can you imagine this happening in Game of Thrones? No! Can no, you imagine like, being in the world of Westeros and then being pulled out for a men's erectile dysfunction medicine? No, no, like, no. What was no, the one last night that no. was like... Listerine. Oh, if, if don't take this if you're allergic to Listerine. Don't Listerine. Take, yeah, it was it was so stupid, and I'm like, this is so terrible. That's what that was. That's what that was, and it was like, again, there's value to having breaks. Sometimes you need them. You need them to break the tension, and 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 actually. When you're when you're a really good writer, you just write it into your script. But you know what? Okay, I see the value in having the, in having the commercials. Mm-hmm. But this one was just manipulative for the sake of being manipulative, mm-hmm. and uh, that to me is unfair to the audience. And it's a cheat code. It's yep. a cheat code when you're when you're writing. Yep. Uh, and I, I find that un, I find that ridiculous. Agreed. Uh, okay, so what was your great? Now my, that we've like vented, we you know what we've gotten our bads out, so we don't need to talk about them anymore in this episode. You feel good with that? I, I do feel good with awesome. That. I do feel good with that. Okay, the uh, the great for me was the direction, Kevin Hooks. Oh my and, gosh, so and, good. And, and specifically, um, the geography of of the waiting room. You knew where you were at all times, and and it's easy to know where you are at all times because you're in a single room, right? But it's not just like okay, I'm sitting on the couch mm-hmm. or I'm standing by the vending machines. Like those are all things that he established very quickly yep. because they're all places that they meet. Like each character meets up at different times, whether it's by the elevator or by the vending machine or by the nurses' station or the chairs or the TV, like. He establishes them all very quickly. But what he does is he he aligns each character in those specific stations and then has the camera movement move around these characters mm-hmm. so that you know where you are in the room at all times. Yes. So if you're looking at... Um, let's say Kevin and Zoe talking mm-hmm. in the background you see exactly where the vending machine is yep. and then the next shot is of somebody at the vending machine and then in the background of the vending machine you see the nurse's station and you see you that movement that geography is one of the most underrated and underappreciated things of any television mm-hmm. show and the director has to tell you where you are if you don't have a sense of where you are in a room as a viewer, yep. especially when you're writing it, uh, as a writer, if you don't have a sense of it, you're you are completely lost. And I, I remember in the Outlander finale when they were running away, after they were trying to they were trying to uh, spoiler alert rescue Roger, and you just it was just people running. And you had no idea where you were. Yes. And you're like, are we running in circles? Like, wh- where's my goal? Oh, wh- where are we going? How are we doing this? Like, yeah. what's the point? And you just thought like, okay, it, it was almost like they just had people stand in place yep. and just run. Yep. You know what I mean? That's what, I it, felt, that's what it felt like uh, in this episode on a much smaller level. But it was done in a much better fashion, which mm-hmm. is you knew exactly where you were at all time. Uh, you ready for the big three feedback? You bet. And we said, that's three. Big three? Big three! Denise Stewart gave this episode 4.8 Lemonade. She said her good was the whole dynamic of the waiting room. The stress of the waiting room brings out the worst of most of the time. And as annoying as some of it was, it worked for Denise. Best of all, Rebecca remembering every detail of waiting with Jack. 
Denise's bad was Kevin ripping the TV cord. <laughs> Denise has been in healthcare a long time. Families do stupid things, but that was, well, stupid. And her great was Kate and Toby. Kate talking to Jack, both of them, the NICU. You see, Denise is a NICU nurse, and she is excited and hopeful that they can realistically follow this story. And so far, she says she'll take it. And that's why I wanted to include Denise's comments, yeah. because I know she's a NICU nurse, and it's it, and, and I cannot wait to get more feedback from mm-hmm. her, hopefully, as they continue this storyline, because I always love medical shows when they like them when they just make stuff up yeah. for the sake of making it up yep. um and when you hear doctors talk about them you're like they're they're like that would never happen. right that medicine that they just gave that saved this person's life yeah totally fake yeah. you know so i i look forward to hearing her uh, her feedback on this one jayla cray says four and a half lemonades i felt like this episode sort of dragged on for me because all i cared about was whether or not kate's baby was alive mm. and i guess that was kind of the point now that i'm thinking about it but i was finding myself disengaged until the last half of the episode. The good was Toby telling everyone that Kate wanted to see Miguel first, the husband and the mom, and, uh, and, and and she just burst out into hysterical laughter at poor Miggy's hopeful and excited face and his sweet little, really? Hmm. And n- no more sleeping on your boy, Miguel. He's just too cute. <laughs> I can't handle it. He's my boy. And the bad, Beth and Randall. I'm kind of over them arguing uh, about their dance and political careers. In my opinion, Randall shouldn't have run for office and Beth should do what she wants because she supported him through and through with his crazy ideas. And the great was that I'm so glad that they're showing a preemie baby on television. Mm -hmm. I was born at 28 weeks and was only a pound and 12 ounces at birth. My mom and I watched This Is Us together and she was so happy that what they felt like her story was finally being shown on television. Never mind. It was our story. And the way that Kate and Toby worried about how baby Jack was breathing was something that my mom said, I wondered that too. And the preview for when they had to draw blood made my mom say, oh, I always hated that part. You were so little. I just wanted to stop you from feeling any pain, but I couldn't. It's very rare that I hear her talk about that time and when I was in the NICU, the first three months of her life, by the way. And it'll be interesting for me to get a glimpse of Mm -hmm. what she went through as a mom to a micro preemie. Overall, a great episode. I was just way too worried about Kate's baby to take care, or to care about all the squabbling (laughs) behind the scenes. Chris Valley says, I love the sparseness of this episode, the bland waiting room, the mostly quiet tension between family members and limited background music. The focus on the acting and the dialogue needs to happen more in This Is Us because that is what the show does best. Chris's good was all the two character sides were so intimate and well acted. The bad was nothing really, just wondering if a hospital would let a family go so long between updates. That seems excessive. Mm. And the great was Mandy Moore. Her acting just keeps getting better. And I love Rebecca's exercise of noticing small details to tune out the negative vibes. Until, of course, she demanded her family direct their energy on what mattered most in the moment. Also, says Chris, I am so in on Zoe. 100% in. Chris gave this episode four and a half lemonades. Okay, all right. So what else uh, stood out to you this episode, my darling? What, what do you got? What What is the, the main crux that you feel like um, this episode really either accomplishes or doesn't accomplish? I... <sighs> I don't even know where to begin. There was so much in this episode in each of those, each of the big three, plus Rebecca. Plus, gosh, everybody had a moment in this episode. Sure, sure. It was really, I'm glad they only had it in one room because it would have been too much if we were in multiple scenes and if right. there was music. There was so much they had to cover here. I think the most basic of them right now is the Randall and Beth because we feel like we're beating a dead horse by this point. Sure. Um, and as we addressed, like, someone watches your kids, so figure it out. <laughs> I did love how they were able to joke about the pretzel woman. Yes, that was great. She's <laughs> like, I'm going like, to dropkick this woman. Like, and that's, that, that is married life uh, at its best. Yes. That is married, because you know, like, when you're arguing... And it's tense, and you can feel it, and you know, yeah, right, and you just and know. you're crabby, and you're hungry, and you're stanky. But you also know that when you're married, you can joke about those things, and you love that person no matter what. So yes. when you do joke, you can find the moment to laugh, and that tension right there is is it's it's relatable. Like yes. as we were watching it, like I'm yes, I am over the whole argument of it all, 
But that moment when she's talking about how she's going to drop kick that lady, yep. that was that was awesome. And then even just joking that Beth does with Zoe at the vending machine about like, you want to get out of here, Bali, whatever. Like, yeah. I just felt like Beth and Randall were very real life couple in this episode that, yes, they got something going on, something that is not going to be easily fixed. There is. And this happens with major issues. Major issues are not magically fixed in a day, in a week. It's, you know, this has been something brewing. She brings up, I asked you to stop running. Mm -hmm. So this goes to show you that Beth has been holding this in still. It's not even necessarily holding it in. Beth still is hurt and upset that he didn't obey her wishes. Just because he won doesn't mean it all goes away. Exactly. And I'm happy about that. Yes, we are beating a dead horse. But on the flip side, this is what happens with big issues. You know, you have to keep dredging it up until you can figure it out together. This episode gave me hope for Randall and Beth. I've been nervous about the flash forward. It makes it look like they're not together. But in this episode, that that moment of, love, of levity mm-hmm. gave me hope. Sure. And speaking of Beth, too, the thing that I really like about what happened for her is that she took the time to take care of Rebecca. Yes. Which is, I think it kind of gives fuel to mm-hmm. my uh, hot take that Rebecca will come between Beth and Randall a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because you know it would be ironic for her for for Beth to do something for Rebecca and you know you know take take the airplane and put the donut in her mouth. By the way, Rebecca being a ripper. Oh my god, I hate when people rip donuts. Oh my god, or when seriously. they or when they rip food. Don't rip food. Just, just like when people have sandwiches and they rip the sandwich and they put it in their mouth. What are you doing? It's a wasted act. Yes, it's a wasted act. Just put the sandwich in your, put the donut in your mouth. What are we ripping for? <laughs> what, are we, what are we ripping just for? Just bite it. Just, just bite. bite it. Anyway, she takes time to take care of Rebecca, and that's a special thing uh, because she isn't so upset with Randall that she can't take care of the rest of the Pearsons. She still feels that pull. She still feels that, that, uh, that need to be, uh, to take care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I I find that, uh, spectacular. Um, and again, with Rebecca's whole thing of noticing every little detail and remembering every little detail, like you have to, you have to imagine that this is probably, the first time that she's been in a hospital in this kind of situation, like mm-hmm. this dire kind of situation, since Jack died. Yeah. You know, the, the show so far has given us no evidence that she has been in a hospital to this extent, like, for, you know, t- in this kind of dire situation yet. And for her to sit and have all these memories of what it was like with Jack, it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes perfect sense yes agreed uh and even the thing with um with zoe and kevin (sighs) yeah you know i found that whole part where she's like were you drinking in vietnam Mm -hmm. were you drinking did you lie to me about that meeting i found that rang most true to Mm -hmm. me um within these within these character really wow yeah yeah i don't know why Mm -hmm. um but what did you think? What 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 oh, moment? I agree. What moment mo- rang most true to you? Or 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 was that it? Or was there something else? I I really saw all of them being true. Mm-hmm. Even Madison. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I think that the Zoe Kevin thing. You know, you're sitting there long enough, and you can't hold it in anymore. And you know, everybody's having their own side conversation, so you might as well ask, how long have you been drinking? Sure. What's been going on? For her not to speak up when she tasted the vodka, though. Ooh, I, you know. I'm proud I, of her because. I, yeah, I'm kind of in on that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, well, that's for in and out but I, I think I'm okay with that. How it about wasn't, you? Well, what good would it have done? You know, Rebecca had already spoken, you know, had spoken about the only thing that matters right now is Kate and the baby. Right. And that's true. So calling Kevin out on the fact that you're drinking right now um, isn't going to do anything. And as much as as much as, you know, she has Im- Im- embedded herself in the Pearson lives, uh, Zoe is still an outsider. And I, and I think for her to like inject that kind of conversation within the, within the waiting room. Probably not a good idea. You know what, though, pisses me off? What's that? Zoe's been around longer than Toby. 
Soapy, so oh not Zoe. Well, Madison, Madison. That's what I'm trying to say. Madison's been around longer than Toby. Madison's been around longer than Zoe. Give Madison a break, okay? Because you know what, Madison's gonna be here when there's no more Zoe. Madison's gonna be here when. Rebecca dies because you all know what's going to happen. Yeah, okay? of course it is. So, like, Madison's going to be here. Give Madison a break. Yes, I, no, I agree, and 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 I think Kevin obviously knows that when he like when he was like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Um, that he 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 made the wrong choice. Obviously. Uteruses before deuteruses. <laughs> that wow. Okay, I'll I'll take it. That's Leslie Nope. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um. <laughs> for those of you who don't watch Parks and Rec I apologize oh my god Leslie but like seriously I, I, I just felt bad for her all she was trying to do granted her energy level was up a little too high okay that's yeah she, she needed to she needed to take it down a notch she was on the same level as Rolled Gold Lady and how precious just hiding in the little alcove oh what I didn't like though was when Kevin comes out of the elevator and it's just a little hello. Yeah, he didn't hello. say, like, I'm sorry for being a jerk. Yeah, like that. Sh- You've, or you're still here. Like it, like he barely acknowledged that she's been chilling out there for the past hour, just hanging out in the corner. Yep, yep, yep. I totally agree. It's like they should have had that moment of being like, hey, Madison, I'm sorry. Like, So Miguel and Rebecca want to move across the country. I have a hot take about this, so I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm uh, really pumped about it. I I am pumped about it too, uh, but in a different way. Okay. Uh, and I, I can't talk about it. Okay. I but, think it's a I think it's totally reasonable. I think that Randall and Beth were a little too nearsighted to not see this coming. Yeah. Because let's be real. When people have babies, it's really nice to have their village around them. Right. And even though Kevin played the Manny on TV, Lord knows <laughs> this this man who's he, having he's some got problems zero clue. Okay, he's not going to be there to help with those exhausted newborn days. And Rebecca was able to manage it with three, so of course she's going to want to be out there. I mean, heck, we we our next door neighbors just had babies. They just had twins. Their mom was supposed to be here for a month. She just moved here. <laughs> she's been here for like two months already like, no she moved here I asked I was like so when does your mom go back and she goes oh no she's done she's moved here she's moved here entirely yeah holy snikes but that's it it's like when you need help when you need help and wait if did she move into their house or yes she, oh nope no they need it they need oh, it right no now, no they, they do they, they do need, need it. it I agree I agree <laughs> But wow. But that's what I'm saying is that Rebecca gets it and I'm excited if this is something that they're going to do. I loved me some Miguel. I loved Madison. I just loved all of these interactions whatsoever. But what really took it home was Kate and Toby and that NICU baby, that little micro preemie. Do you, I I agree with the the whole end of the episode Mm -hmm. was fantastic seeing the little baby like (sighs) and and the the chest going up and down and like that nervousness of being like is that supposed to happen like i remember when we had our our son and we were in the hospital was the first night and we we were just like tired and you had been laboring for 24 hours or 28 hours whatever it was and like the kid finally came out and they like we were done with all the nurses and we were figured it out and yep. it was finally time for all of us to just be in a room together alone yep. and maybe even hey you know what maybe go to sleep and then i remember doing something where i was like getting some water or something and all of a sudden i hear i hear Blake the baby's purple oh yeah and i was like oh my god okay all right and you just you just you're out of your friggin' mind when, oh, yeah. when you have this baby for the first time, like ever. And I, I run to the nurses, get the nurses, tell them that daddy's purple, mm-hmm. and they come running in, like bells are going off and everything, and they're like, they turn the light on, and pink as can be. Just totally normal, everything's fine. It was just the bad lighting and the sleep deprivation. Just, I thought my baby was purple. Right, just, you think, you thought the baby I was thought, purple. It was just I, bad lighting. I thought I, I... <laughs> You thought you like drowned it with breast milk? I thought, yeah, I thought I like smothered it with my boob. (laughs) Sorry, Reese. And, but like, you know, it's also too, like when, when, when Reese finally fell asleep, he made all these weird noises and we were like, "Uh, you can't sleep. You can't sleep with all the, with this kid making all these weird noises Mm -hmm. because you don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. Right. You're just waiting for the nurses to come in to be like, your kid's going to die. Yep. So I really appreciated that moment with with Toby, where he's like, "Is this just supposed to do that?" Uh, <laughs> and obviously, her talking to yes. her dad it was a very important moment, very sweet, very warm. 
And how uh, he said, you know, he doesn't look normal. And she said he's not. Right. Right. Are you happy or are you disappointed that we got as little of Kate and Toby and baby Jack as we did? Or do you think it was just the right amount? I think it was just the right amount because I know we're going to be spending a lot of time with them. And I think that what we needed was to go through the waiting room and to get that tension and to wait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't need to be in there to see the doctor and go through everything. We... We were tentative. We were nervously waiting, just like the rest of the Pearson family, saying, where is the flippin' update? We want right. to know what's going on. So I liked being in the moment with them. Right. And and I think that was the point of the episode. Like, yes. it was great to have that moment, that release, mm-hmm. right, at the end with Kate and the baby and yep. everything. Um, but I think the point of the episode was to be with the other Pearsons. And that is why having with this this kind of episode is what's called a bottleneck episode. Now, it, like we, you and I watched Breaking Bad, right? Remember Breaking Bad when, uh, remember the fly episode? Yes. When they're chasing the fly. And yes. It, and it's like everything that's happening is kind of like unrelated mm-hmm. to everything else. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden at the very end, you know, like. Here, okay. Here's the whole purpose. Like yes. this is it, the, the one thing that happens that moves the plot along, mm-hmm. and that's this. That's what this episode is. It's a bottleneck episode. It's cheap. It's it's one room. It's people talking. It's very dialogue driven, and it's usually meant to either get to the point of a number of different things or to save money when mm-hmm. when they need to save money uh, in in terms of production. Um, and like bottleneck episode for Lost is when they're in the cages. Right. And yes. and they they have they have nothing else to do other than just talk. Mm-hmm. Bottleneck episode. Mm-hmm. And the way that they did this bottleneck episode is that they made it a one act play, which I love. Agreed. Love when they do that. And they mm-hmm. rooted it. They rooted it in the the natural ebb and flow of human emotion. Mm-hmm. And they had this moment of they had this basis of a clock. And you could see there was that moment yes. each time that you felt like the tension got to be too much. They showed the clock and yep. they showed the time. Uh, they showed it three times. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. Three acts, three clocks. Love it. And even having all of that tension between all of the characters, it's important that Miguel played the ranch in Chocolate Game. Because you need that release. You have to build mm-hmm. up the tension between the characters and you need to have the... Watermelon tastes better with chocolate because you got to laugh. You got to get it out. You got to get the poison out. Yes. And that's why this episode was so well written. Um, Again, it's not necessarily the most compelling television, but it is well written, which is what I really liked. Mm -hmm. So uh, you want to play some in or out? Yes. Do you have anything else to say about it? Nope. Okay, let's play some in or out. What's it going to be, McFly? Are you in or out? Okay, as always, we got to start with your girl Zoe. In or out on Zoe? <laughs> I'm in right now. I am kind of getting in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's because I'm spending more time with she and Beth. <sighs> That's it. I love her and Beth. And I also know that she and Kevin have a short time frame. <laughs> <laughs> so you I'm might like, as well be in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I don't see Zoe and Kevin being together much more. I mean, let's be real. I too would be like, buddy. No. What are you doing? No. And like, and but she does say to Beth, "Would you judge me if I stayed?" Mm-hmm. But that was also prior to that the was whole, prior to the bottle. So they're 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 definitely putting they're they're putting you on your toes. And here's another question: If they do get rid of Zoe so quickly, are you going to be pissed off that you spent all this time with Zoe? No. Why? Zoe was important for Kevin to learn how to love. Yeah, but couldn't you make the argument that was Sophie? Mm, that was different. No, he needed he needed a new new love. That like, I don't know. I think Kevin needed needed someone. He needed a little all right, little all right. someone. All right, fine. In or out? Waiting at the hospital that long? In. Oh, man. This is, like a, this is the Pearson hours. family. This is how they do it. This family stays. Yeah. Oh, I loved Rebecca when she said that. <laughs> oh, Rebecca doesn't mess around. That, she, that I, was great. Because you know what? Good for them. Because by now, I would have been like, Randall, can you please go to Wendy's and get me the number 10 with right, some yeah. sweet and sour sauce? <laughs> you know, the 10 chicken nuggets. I, I love how you already know what the number 10 is. <laughs> I'm a mother of children. That's true. Mother of children. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, in or out. Drinking straight vodka out of a water bottle. <clears throat> You're drinking kombucha now. Yeah. So I'm I'm like I'm drinking something just as <laughs> just uh, as gross. <laughs> Just as terrible. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even know what I would do if I drank kombucha. I remember one time Mary's like, "Can you get me a drink?" And we were in, we were in Martha's Vineyard, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I went to the, I went to the supermarket. and I'm like, "What's the weirdest thing here? I, <laughs> like, what's the weirdest drink that I could possibly find?" <laughs> and, and I know Mary will love it. So I I tried to find the most weirdest drink. I found kombucha, and it was like watermelon, yeah. like dragon fruit. And yeah. I was like, "Yep, okay, this is perfect, Mary drink." <laughs> So are you in or out on vodka being in a water bottle? Either in your college days or today? Um, I'm out. I'm out on that too. I'm not a big vodka guy. Me neither. I'm, I'm more of a bourbon guy. Okay. Yeah, me too. That's why we're married. All right, in or out. Rolled gold pretzels. Oh, totes in. You what? know what I really love them with? What? That like soft orange cheese that comes in a tub <laughs> you know what i'm talking like about like tostitos or fritos you know free no, the frito lay cheese no yeah. it's no not that no what what no the like it's a little hard and it's like pink and orange oh uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god that's what i like shame that's what i like oh my god i like to take no. those pretzels and put it in that like weird pink Orange cheese. Not great, Bob. So great. Oh. Try it out, guys. All right. All right. Sub sub in a route. Are you in on the the ties, uh, like the bows, pretzels, or are you in, in on pretzel sticks? I'm more bows. I think I'm more of a bold bow kind of guy, too. Because it's better for dipping in that cheese. <laughs> all right. Uh, in a route. Randall trying to make it right with Beth the whole time. In. I'm kind of in on that, too. Like, yeah. I can understand the whole thing of him being like, listen, I didn't mean it this way. And I I felt that pressure too where I've where I've said something and I know I didn't mean it the way that it came out, and I just kept trying to fix it and yeah. making it worse. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in on that too. Are you in or out on Beth's re- repelling of Randall in. the entire time? Why are you in on that? Cause this is not just a one time thing, okay? Randall's being selfish. And he has been for quite some time. All right, in or out on ranch? Um, out. You're out on ranch? Yeah, I don't really like ranch. Oh, God, ranch goes well on everything. I think I like had a bad ranch experience one time, so I'm all set. Uh, in or out on chocolate? Oh, um, depends. I've also had a bad chocolate experience. Uh, milk chocolate, in or out? Like... I'm telling you, I used to work at a candy shop and my job was to wash out the chocolate cauldrons every night. I thought it was great. You know what it was like? It was like that chocolate touch book where everything the kid touched was chocolate and it would turn out to be a terrible thing. It was like Midas (laughs) touch, but chocolate. That was my life. Um, All right. In or out. Uh, Miguel giving the dad voice. In. I'm totally in on that too. In, that in, was, in. Not right now, Randall. We'll save that for later. One thing at a time. Because oh, I think I, I've done that at your family gatherings. Yes. And then everyone looks at me and they're like, you don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In or out on Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the doll. Oh, in. I'm way out on that. Oh, why? Don't give me Ruth Bader. I don't want RBG. But that's important for Kate. I know. Just no. like how you have important things, like you did nerdy things for our kids. I think that it's great. I don't think RBG is inherently important to Kate. I think she could have chosen any important woman figure and it would have been... I I would have preferred an important female strong musical figure since we do know that about Kate. I agree that this... Beyonce? Ruth, no. <laughs> but like, I... You know what I mean? I mean, it... Dolly, Dolly Parton, like <laughs> Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton's what? Oh my God, Dolly Parton, oh. she's a flipping amazing, amazing oh. human being. Okay, right. last one. Don't hate on Dolly. In or out? Naming the baby Jack. In. I'm in on it too. That's what you wished we named our kid. I know. I know. Sorry, Kate did. <laughs> All right, final thoughts. You got any final thoughts for this episode? No. No, nothing. No. All right, I got one. We we've taken a breather again okay. in the back half on the back the final act of this season, mm-hmm. and while I think it's great to have these kind of bottleneck episodes, mm-hmm. it's just like we've taken so many breaks. We just got done with the Beth episode. Yeah, we spent time in a in a in a tangential kind of manner, mm-hmm. and now we're spending more time in a tangential kind of manner. 
I, I'm running out of steam here. Okay. I'm running out of steam. And well, we're close to the end. We got three more episodes. And that's the thing. Like, you're supposed to be building towards something here. And I just, we, yeah, we finally got like the baby being born and everything. But like, what did we actually accomplish with this whole oh, episode? Oh, I think a lot. I think that a lot of jars have been opened of things that need to be discussed. Uh, maybe. All right. You got your uh, hot take? Yeah. go first all right mine mine is first uh i don't think that uh rebecca and miguel uh are going i'm trying to think of like a a a a cool like cutesy name for them like regal or something (laughs) or like mebecca i like mebecca i'm gonna go with mebecca i don't like any of these i don't don't think mebecca is gonna move west i think katobi is gonna move east uh, because she's going to want to be home, Katie. And remember, she spent time at their old house in their old neighborhood. Oh, we remember that awkward time. She and Randall remembered the glitter party. We were all there. Right. So there, I think that was there for a reason. I think the show is trying to push her towards being back home with her entire family, as mm. opposed to Rebecca moving out west. Oh, I hate that name. <laughs> all right. What's your hot take? Okay. I think that Rebecca and Miguel are going to move out west. Okay. Um, Rebecca. <laughs> I think at least Rebecca will, but probably with Miguel. Yeah, there's and no way they're separating. these retirement communities are a big deal. Um, I'm actually afraid that Rebecca is having issues with memory or dementia. And that's why she's kind of zoning out. Good and one. so that's why Miguel's being very protective of her. Like yes. speaking for her. Yes, yes, and yes. And he has been looking at retirement communities because they need extra support. Oh my God, Mary. What? What? Dang. Makes me want to shout. You're welcome. Oh, that is, you are bringing it today. It's the kombucha. It's. <laughs> All right. Kombucha lady. Dragon fruit, passion fruit. Today it's trilogy. Oh my. I don't even know what that means. It's like the third time I've puked on this episode today. You're welcome. It's gross. The the stuff at the bottom that just like. That's that's the fermented like spoogie or whatever it's called. (laughs) Spoogie. Don't you know that that's what they call kombucha things? It's called splooge. That's what that is. I don't even know if that's a bad word. Splooge is not a great word. Blake, then don't say it. Okay. It's all right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, but whatever it is, it's like cloudy and green and gross. And Scoby. Scoby. <laughs> what do you call it? Sploogey? I don't know. Scoby. Scoby. Oh, it's gross. All right, you ready to close this bad boy out? Yep. Let's do it. Well, ladies and gents, now that you know about my preference of drink this morning, I would love to invite you to our This Is Us 2 Facebook community, as Blake said earlier in the episode, and I'll also invite you to leave a review on your podcast app of choice. Today, we want to thank Aggie Shelley 18 who said, I'm on the road for work a lot. When I need to stay alert, this is my alternative to having a good conversation with a friend. I know Mary and Blake from Outlander Cast, and this one is just as good. Listening to Blake is like seeing a show through a different lens. He catches so many things and makes me want to rewatch the episodes to pick up on all the stuff he sees. Well, thank They're you. professional, relatable, don't bash and belittle stuff like the Pompous podcast. And his Boston accent is a blast to hear and all around joy to listen to. Hi-oh. Thank you so much, Aggie Shelley, and thank you all. I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And this is Us Too.